Hey guys, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wizzigan High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Thanks to Brian Cho for episode 222, available in the archives, everywhere you get your podcasts, also at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. Different episode, I think, given Brian's background and where he's at now in the tech space. Exemplary, I think, of what I wanted this podcast to be, just a lot of different experiences and things that I just have no knowledge of that some of our classmates exist in. It's kind of cool. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at We Weren't Friends in High School. This week, my guest is Matt Lamastro. It's funny, Matt referred to himself as like the bottom of the barrel or something like that when I asked him if he'd come and do the podcast. But I had a great time talking with Matt here in Philadelphia. So, of course, the video, again, is available at YouTube.com slash red shirt playa a lot of times i'm really excited to interview people that i don't know that i haven't heard stories of whose friends i haven't interviewed who've told me about them and of course matt was in that infamous mrs caster's class i'll ask him about that on this episode so let's just get right into it here's my conversation with matt lamastro all right so we're uh we're in it matt all right let's do it welcome interesting <laughs> Am I on camera? You're on camera. That's creepy. <laughs> All right. Make sure I'm make sure I'm recording. Yeah. So this is like for me, it's like you know one man show here trying to do all these, and like I know how to do it, but um, when there's so many other things as far as like meeting someone that you haven't seen in 20 years, and then you add drinking to it, and just like trying to get everything like looking right, I forget shit sometimes. So sure. <laughs> it's very. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot of ad lib improv. Yeah, well, this, that's a good thing with just having so many aspects of it, like, you know, different cameras and stuff. Sometimes, like, the, the Chrissy Krause one that I did, um, I have a third camera in there, and, like, I realized, like, I couldn't even use the third camera. Why? It wasn't, like, set up. Oh. Uh, it wasn't, like... Oh, look at that. So, hopefully, it is now. <laughs> but, whatever. Yeah. So, I did start watching a couple. Like, I know you did Derek Cataldi, who's a guy that I've worked with a bunch over the years. Yeah. Not so much lately. But uh, Tom Beal, yeah, guy I grew up with, was really good friends with yeah. when I was young. A couple other people, but I've been uh, I just discovered podcasts. Okay, I'm always like late to the game, but I'm listening to a lot of stuff about poker. Texas oh. Hold'em. I've been a big Texas Hold'em player. My since it became popular 15 some odd years ago, right. had mixed levels of success, and I'm like trying to get back into it. Yeah, I remember supplement my when we self. got out of uh, high school, I feel like, I guess around the time we were able to get into bars. 2003. Yeah, when we were able to get into bars, like everyone was, was going yeah, to Yeah, like, those free games. Yeah, like Reeds and, mm -hmm. and all those spots would have uh I spent a ton of time at a pool hall in Norristown. That was like my hobby. <laughs> so pool. I played pool. And they had a card, card room in the back. So I did a lot of gambling. Okay. A lot of poker. A lot of internet poker. Yeah. So it was fun. I used to make a lot of money. But I could never like be a professional about it. Why not? I just never was able to apply myself. Yeah, probably and you guys, bad money habits. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably need to like keep up a, a whole bank just for that. Totally. I love. So I'm trying that. to do it again now when I'm 38 with a wife and two kids. Yeah, in a house and, <laughs> and yeah, a house. they love that a full time job. Yeah, <laughs> honey, I'm going to the casino. I can't even do that now. I love uh, Rounders. Remember mm -hmm. Rounders? Fucking love that movie. Yeah. Chip, Very good movie. Chip, chip. Not at all realistic though. See, I don't know anything about poker. So for me, it was just like, oh, this seems like that was totally cool. Yeah, it's like, totally not like. See, it's like rounders. <laughs> I don't play poker. I love tin cup. I don't know anything about golf. I love golf. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. See? But I 
pay fifty to sixty dollars every other week to get angry to on the golf. golf course. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's fun. Did you golf as a kid? No. Nope. You just picked it up. My grandparents. I have family in Kansas. We would go out every summer. My grandfather was a big golfer, so 15, 16, he would take me out on the course and I would hack, not really knowing. Yeah. My current brother in law now is a big golfer. Ah. Uh, big into golf. So he gave me his old set and we play. And yeah, when fun. you when you have someone to go with, it makes Yeah, sense. and I got a couple work buddies that we play. We're all Yeah, it makes it easier. You know, not great, but we have fun. We take it seriously enough. Yeah. What uh Kansas, but you're are you from you're not from Kansas. My mom's are you? from Kansas. Really? No, I was born in Philly. Fairmount. I lived there till I was five. Oh, okay. Six. Moved to East Oak Lane and then moved to Bluebell when I was 10. And that's when I. Joined. Oh, so uh, what's that, like fourth grade? Yes, it was fourth grade. Stony Creek. Stony Creek. We're, uh, but you were in East Oak Lane before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you switched. You lose all your friends when you. Sort of. It's like so much of the past is a blur. I used to smoke a lot of pot. All right, right on. Long time ago. Yeah. I can't now because of my job. Yeah. But I feel like I fried my memory <laughs> to some point. But yeah, in East Oak Lane, I had a couple friends. My dad still lives there. The reason I moved out here is because my parents had an amicable divorce. Okay. Which was the best thing to ever happen. Yeah. To me and my family. That's rare, right? Because they're still like, even to this day, they're super tight. So I would still go down to my dad's and see my friends down there. But fourth grade, it wasn't like, I remember having too many close friends. Yeah. In school. Do you remember anything about Stony Creek? Some. Remember, uh, I can't remember who the teacher was. Did You didn't, you didn't go to Stony Creek, I was, uh, I started at Madison, but then I went to Shady Grove for fourth. So same thing. So I switched schools in fourth grade. It was, Madison's a much smaller school. And Stony Creek's pretty small, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Shady Grove, I think, was maybe the biggest. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I, I think... Uh, it, it was different for me because all of my kids and I started at Wizzahickon when I was five. So mm-hmm. and, I've, and I lived there. Um, I lived in the same neighborhood till I was like 13. So my friends were all neighborhood friends, whether I went to Madison or Shady Grove or wherever. So they never changed. But the school dynamic was was always very different. Yeah, that's sort of how I moved from Philly to Bluebell. We lived in Townline Apartments for a couple of years. I had a crew of friends there. And then I moved to Whippane Hills after that. And that's where like my core group came to be dude i totally remember you lived at, at whipping hills. hills yes yeah. the yeah. slums of bluebell yeah I totally <laughs> to remember. yeah i completely remember you living there yeah. wow that's so funny if anyone were to ask like what you would probably be the only person i would think that, really? I, that i would know that lived there i don't that's know funny. why i know that <laughs> I, still, I don't know if i still have it but my strongest memory of you in high school was you gave me a cd yeah <laughs> i think it was dr Dre. no it was the w wu-tang wu-tang gravel really? pit oh yeah i still have that yeah <laughs> I mean, I knew uh, back then I used to listen to more rap music then. Definitely Wu-Tang Forever and mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, Eminem, yeah. Dog, all that. Back when rap was good. Yeah, senior year. I remember this too. Senior year of high school, I was burning CDs for five bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. And I burned uh, I burned you uh, the W album, which is the album after Wu-Tang Forever. Yeah, uh, I think I still period. have that. I still carry around a, a thing of CDs in my car that I never touch. But every car that I've owned, it always makes its way in there and never makes its way into the CD player because I have Spotify now. Mm-hmm. So just recently, I I mean, I've always had that. I've always had that book of CDs also. And only recently, probably with this car, when I got this car, did I take out the booklet? Mm-hmm. And because I don't 
Uh, I don't even know if I have a CD player in this car. That sounds horrible. I probably do, but I I don't use them. But what started happening was I leave them in the books for so long, for years and years and years. You go to the beach, all this stuff, yeah. and like and this stuck. The, well, the silver on the on the CD starts coming off, starts mm-hmm. peeling, and then like you just have a clear disc. But like you try and put <laughs> it in, and like one song would play, yeah, and then the rest of the track, yeah, it'd be terrible. And then you just have like glitter like like the back of the cd just <laughs> little fragments of music yeah crackling off all over your seat and stuff so i uh I've, I, they're still here i still have them upstairs and um uh, some of them still work great the ones that i didn't use a lot like a lot of my r&b like mm-hmm. <laughs> r&b compilation albums and stuff uh but years ago i sold my real cds for like 70 dollars really at fye Somebody yeah. Them. oh yeah fye was selling them i needed some quick cash so i uh i sold them all and well, most of them so now i just have the burn cds <laughs> yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do with mine i'll pass them on to my kids <laughs> so that's why i keep that stuff because like, early 2000s rap and some death metal enjoy i i keep like you know I, now I, I just do it all digital so it's mm-hmm. all like on the computer and on itunes and stuff but like i'm so like obsessive compulsive about categorizing and all because all i, I think is like your records there yeah all i think is like I'm going to pass these on to my kid. Like that's in my head. I have no kids. I'm not even close, but like, (laughs) that's what I keep it all for. Yeah. I'm totally just into the randomness of Spotify and finding new music. And it's rare that I'll listen to an album anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the, everybody has such short attention spans these days because of, cell phones and youtube and you, know, it's you can't easy. watch a video for more than 45 seconds well right when we Same were kids music. when we were kids right we had mtv we had the radio but you get in and out of the car you can listen to the radio when you're in the house but sure. then like when you want to listen to something you put the cd in you don't have just like an endless supply of new things to listen to so you yeah. listen to that album 10 songs by the same person yeah every it up. yeah like every day when i come home i like, put on this album and put on this cd or mm-hmm. put on this cd and like now it's like well, I did that yesterday. I'm going to listen to something totally different because I can. It's sure. here. It's at my fingertips. Yeah. And also, music has such a short uh, life shelf, a shelf life. Seems like it does anymore. Yeah. Artists will put out a, an album and then put out a, a single that's not on the album three weeks later. Whole new, like they're on a whole new cycle of marketing now yeah. with a brand new song or a feature or I'm something. not very in touch with modern music per se. I guess in high school, I played guitar. And I got into metal, like I discovered Metallica and yeah. sort of progressed from there. So I got away from like, I have no. In high school, you concept. discovered Metallica? Yeah. What were you Middle listening school, to before school. that? Probably, I don't really remember. Rock, just rock, hip hop. Was it the Load album? Because middle school for me is when I actually Master discovered. Oh, okay. All right. And that like really turned me on to metal. And then I played guitar. I got in a band with, uh, I don't know if you remember Anthony Gaber from high school, Aziza mm-hmm. Gaber's brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Aziza. He was like my best friend. So oh. we played the band. And was that from, uh, did he live in Whippane Hills? No, he lived in Bluebell, though. Okay. Where did I you... was always friends with the upperclassmen. That's why I sort of feel like I didn't have a major connection to the people in our class. Yeah. Because in Whippane Hills, all the people I was close with were a year ahead of me. Mm. Anthony Gaber, Don Stong, I don't know if you remember these people. Joe Emsley. I remember that name. Um, Adam Mushlin. I know those names. Yeah, they were all. Anyway, that was my crew. So, oh, um, what what kind of stuff were you doing as a as a kid? Do you remember like what you were like? So before you got into guitar and all that, what were you like with those people or as just a in kid general? As a, just as a kid in general, just playing outside, playing video games. I didn't really have any hobbies. Yeah, 
Were smoking you... a lot of weed once we got into that. <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Sort how of does, like felt like a bad kid. How does that start as a kid? Do you remember like smoking cigarettes? Was it a friend that's just like, hey, yeah, give it a try? Pretty much. I actually like, just yeah. quit like four months ago. Oh, congrats, dude. Like on and off for 25 years and I'm finally like done with it. Congrats. That's hard. My mom quit when she was like like early 40s or something after after smoking for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's it's the sickest addiction. It really is. Is it like I, mean, a, I understand why heroin junkies are addicted to heroin. Not that I've ever done heroin, but I've seen and known people. Yeah. I'm like, you get what it does to you. But cigarettes, it's like a very conscious way of killing yourself. And all you're doing is, you know, there's a quote by Ray Charles, uh, something like um, cigarettes was harder to quit than heroin. I think it's probably true. Not yeah. I have no experience. Yeah. No, I, I've, uh, I've gone through like, like spells where I have friends that love smoking cigarettes that mm-hmm. are like, that are, you know, habitual smokers. And when you're watching sports with them or whatever, and it's like a timeout or like, Hey, I'm going out for a smoke. Yeah. You're and always like, disappearing. And you always. so like for me, I'd never, like, I didn't want to sit by myself. And this started actually when I would, uh, when I would go join them. Yeah. When I would yeah. travel and we'd be at the bars and they had just started the, you can't smoke indoors at mm-hmm. bars thing. So you'd be at the bar and everyone's like, Hey, I'm going out for a smoke. The whole bar leaves. Like everyone right. goes out to smoke and it's like by myself sitting there and I go, well, I'm going to go out with them. And now you're just sitting there, hands in the pockets. Yeah, and, in the middle of the winter, like. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, give me one of those. It's yeah. like you tried and like, I was like 20 something when I like started like, like leisurely smoking cigarettes. And I was like, holy shit, this, this is, is terrible. This, well, it got you high. I couldn't believe sure, how. Yeah, it gives I, you buzz. I couldn't believe how like, and I get very buzzed from cigarettes, mm-hmm. like sweating and shit. Like I could, like I come inside <laughs> and I'm like, does anyone have any water? I need some water. So uh, now most of my friends have, have pretty much quit. Uh, and really, like in the last year, I just don't hang out with anyone. <laughs> yeah. So like, so that's all died away. But it's COVID amazing. Sort of did it for me. I'm like that, and some other things. Like I had some weird sensations in my throat. All this weird medical shit, anxiety stuff. That yeah. Eventually went away, but it was enough to put me over the top. Isn't it and realizing funny? I'm not getting any younger. Isn't it funny? Like you're, when you, you start to not feel well and then like you think about all the bad things that you're doing to your body, you just go, oh, like you've known the whole time and you just go, yeah, I wonder if it's at 20 years of smoking cigarettes. Right. Well, now I'm like, I'm 38, like, you know, my, not to say your best years are behind you, but all those years mm-hmm. of invincibility mm-hmm. are gone. And then so people would probably agree with this. Once you have kids, it totally like flips the script. Like if you ever thought you were invincible or immortal and mm. you have kids, you realize that, you know, you were once that and now you right. are this. And it's like a total mind fuck. Yeah. To see kids and realize that you were that small once and now you're this and the whole cycle. I don't know. It's, it's like a mental thing. I was thinking that not with change your mind about a lot of things. I was thinking that with like with uh, I saw some high school kids recently and I was just looking at them thinking like, oh, my God, these kids are so fucking young. Like I I. I didn't really ever register until it's like someone that you know and you see the youth or the immaturity mm-hmm. in them and you just go, oh, they don't know shit. Uh, <laughs> but like prior to that, you're just like, oh, this is a cool kid. Like they're pretty they're pretty mature for their age. And then like these little things happen. You just go, oh, they don't even know. Like they don't even know how to cope with that in life. It's never happened. Like right. they don't they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, my God. They're fucking 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's freaky. Um, so you were, um, pretty normal kid. Did you have a brother, brothers or anything? Or? Three brothers, two half brothers that I wasn't totally close to when I was younger. My younger brother, who I lived with my whole life, he was okay. five years younger than me. 
So like a always like a school behind. Yeah, totally. Okay. When you went to, do you remember like middle school at all? Mm-hmm. Do you remember like so? One of the things that we talk about a lot of on the on the podcast is um, when you go into like the different pods in middle school. Yeah. And how like it's kind of it kind of fucks your whole social world because you're so segregated from everyone else. Like you have to start over. Did you? I think middle school is when I moved to Whipping Hills. Whipping Hills, sixth or seventh grade. I can't quite remember. So that's when you so start meeting the I, older kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have some vague memories of middle school. Did you take Actually, Japanese? My, my most scarring memory of middle school was I forget who the teacher was, but remember they used to put out those slam books. Do you remember slam books? The girls would write them. I do. I I remember them. I don't remember if I remember them from TV or real life. They were no, real. real life they time. were real in our school. I remember. Not that I care now, but it was like Matt Lamastro, most unattractive or something. I was like, mm. what the fuck? <laughs> totally damaged me. Really? Probably not really, but I was always shy in school. Yeah, you're always or quiet more kid. introverted. Unless like I get to know somebody. Yeah. I was always like real quiet. And then once I get to know somebody, I'm. But you're also high. Probably a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to get high on the way into school, probably in school sometimes. And we're getting caught smoking in the bathroom a couple of times. Man, that's so wild. You know, it's funny. Like the smoking, I can't even imagine. And again, like smoking indoors because you can't do it anymore. Right. So to think about those times and like people were smoking cigarettes and like it Mrs. used to happen. Gay. Mrs. Remember Gay. Yes. Me. Yeah. With the flat top. And I would have to. Uh, yeah, totally. Flat top and the gap. <laughs> yes. And then I would have to stay after and do. uh Janitor work with Butch, I think his name was. Butch, yes, the janitor. Wow, I forgot about that. Community service. (laughs) Wow, I don't forget everything. So then, your friends were like your friends weren't even like school related, like not so much like class related day to day. No, I mean I had associations, class related. I say associations; they may have been friends. Like I remember you. Remember, um, what was her name? Rena Lewis. Yeah. I remember her. I ran into her after high school at some point. Pam Lacey. We yep. always like, if we were in class, we would sit next to each other because our names were next to each other yeah, in the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then guys like, uh, remember Matt Smith? Yeah. Who I remember passed away at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, 10, 10 or so years ago, I think. Was it that long ago? I felt like it was longer than that. It might have been longer. Like it was like, not long after high school. Yeah, it was probably, you know, maybe 15 to 15 to, to 19 years mm-hmm. ago then. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was Keyshawn, uh, I remember. I don't remember if we hung out in school or after school. I think that was a pot smoking thing, too. Oh, Keyshawn, really? Yeah. See, I remember hearing about him and that was like totally freaked me out. It's so weird how you don't know like what kids are into in high school. Like I wasn't into smoking weed in high school. Um, I didn't drink any of that stuff, but like yeah, I, I would have never that. pinpointed like Keyshawn or you as like, Potheads. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not anything. I think I remember him. I, I still drive by his house occasionally in Bluebell or his old house. I remember being there and getting the vibe that his parents were like, he was always sort of like, he always dressed in black. I don't know what you would have called him. Yeah, like kind of like sort of the goth kids or like the the, parents were super traditional, you know, off the boat Indians. Right. Probably felt very oppressive to him. Yeah. So he was like, I felt like he was always fighting that. Yeah. There was, um, uh, we talked about it. I had uh, Mike Volpicelli on Mm -hmm. um, like a couple of weeks ago and um, he talked about kind of like the trench coat mafia kind of like thing and, and the all black and trying to, you know, fit in or not really fit in, but like finding your own crew. Sure. um, 
but you never you never wore black. No. Nah. I don't know what I wore. I probably wore the same shit I wear now. T-shirt and jeans. <laughs> I do. Like, like, I do kind of remember. Like, yeah. This is I've exactly. never had a sense. My wife always yells at me. She's like, I want to buy you clothes, but you have no sense of style. I'm like, I don't. Like, jeans, t-shirt, hoodie, three-year-old pair of sneakers. I'm yeah. kind of happy. Style in high school was like, I used to. I used Tommy to. Hill. I remember I used to actually make some effort. Like, if you wore Tommy Hilfiger, it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, uh, yeah. The girls never seemed to notice. <laughs> they put, well, they noticed, but it was, it yeah. was they were noticing your face. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Like what the awkward fuck? times? <laughs> um, yeah, if I knew then what I know now. <laughs> Were you? Um, did you date at all? Like, uh, like middle school? Did you hang out with girls? I would, I would say rather in in middle school. You like middle school is kind of the time when, um, I felt like. People were dating. I felt like there was like sex. I mean, obviously, you so were already I doing the drugs. Dated my friend Adam's sister for a short period of time. She was an underclassman. And then I met a family friend who lived in Northeast Philly who ended up being like my first love. So from like 17 to 21, oh, wow. I dated her. So that was it. I was always driving into the city. What were you doing? Like for what, what do you do at that age for dates? I never dated at all, like high school, middle school, anything. And part of that was, like I mean, it became like a, a heavy relationship. So, it, you know, you go from you're hanging whatever out. you go to the movies, dinner, mini golf to like hanging out at, at ho- each other's at houses. Home. Yeah. 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 Like a real it was serious partnership. Sure. Yeah. Like a real relationship. Um, I never really had much of like the much before that. Yeah, and, and kind of that, and then I was single at twenty one and hanging out at Reed's. And you didn't date at all, so then you didn't date like within the school no. um, atmosphere. Nope, at all, not at all. <laughs> um, was that by just circumstance? Circumstance, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I was probably a late bloomer in a sense, and I was more shy. So, you know, whatever age fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I wasn't really. I probably had crushes on girls, but I wasn't like yeah. coming after them. Yeah, I was waiting for them to come to me, which never happened. That's exactly. It's like I'm. St- I think I'm still like that sometimes. Like sometimes I still see girls, and I'm just like, yeah. If she comes to talk to me, like I'll I'll turn this on, but I can't. Yeah. I can't fucking walk up to her. <laughs> right. What's your pickup line? I, I oh my god, I have no pickup lines. That's like a. I know. I'm like the king of hey. awkward conversation. You know, like so, hey. that's yeah. the hard thing now on like on, come here often on dating sites. They're all like, you know, don't say hey or how are you. But then you get some girls who go, I don't need a fancy pickup line. Just be normal and just like talk. And yeah, it's I know a lot of guys who are into the online dating stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems like you don't even need pickup lines. Most people are just using it as some people are probably looking for love, while other people are looking for hookups. Something a little more, yeah. It uh it varies. I I don't know. I find like I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's um. I don't think I'm ever meeting those girls that want to just like hook up. I find I meet the girls that just like want to have like deep, intense like relationship, which is just your profile. Right. I need to like just change <laughs> I heard, it. Just, I heard like, this guy. He's he's fifty nine. But he looks like he's 40. He's like incredible shape. Yeah. Super macho alpha, like Italian guy, construction yeah. worker guy. And all he does is meets girls half his age and they have sex. And then he moves on to the next one. So I need to change my profile. I'm just here to deliver so you the be like day. Super aggressive asshole alpha macho guy if that's what you're yeah here to deliver the d nothing more that's what you're looking for no i'm not but but 
it's really hard to get to know someone on like social media. And you yeah, know, I kind of can't stand that whole element of today's society anymore. I don't know what your like what your like computer experience was growing up as a kid, but like for me, I spent a good amount of time on the internet. Yeah. So I just have flashbacks to like just the horrible way that like kids used to like talk on chat rooms and like mm. you like people would like seek people out and you know you talk to girls and then like you know get into the cyber sex thing or like <laughs> and then the girl's like oh I'm just touching ki-. your boobs yeah and then <laughs> then it'll be like i'm just kidding i'm a dude and like <laughs> yeah. i just i have a really hard time connecting on the internet with people because it's so easy to talk Right. You see all the time people just say whatever the fuck they want on the Internet because there's repercussions. Exactly. So I feel like um, and especially because now when I do these podcasts on Zoom now, I can legit talk to people like forever on the Internet. Like Mm -hmm. it's no big thing. It's like a it's like a it's it's like a a second arm to me, you know, like like third arm, I guess, or whatever, like talking on the Internet and being comfortable. And like my wife does a lot of sort of direct sales stuff online. So she's selling whatever and she's talking to a picture of herself while people are chatting through and she's so lively about it and i'm like i could never get into that like it's like you're basically talking to a wall but you're talking to i don't know how to not do that when i'm talking to people on the internet i don't know i don't know how to not turn it on when i'm on when i'm talking to people online or on a yeah i'm still like i guess like it's my little bit of boomer in me but like i don't I'm not big into like long text messages or right. even long phone calls yeah. per se. Face to face. Like get to the point. Yeah. Face to face. Totally yeah. different. Like I totally enjoy engaging with people in person. Like, but I would have too much. I have too much like trepidation that being like this on the internet is boring. I yeah. can't just, you know, you can't just because then you're waiting for a reply. And you know what I mean? Like you're just being normal and being yourself and mm. being nice and and caring or whatever. And it's like that just can it's not I feel like it's not a turn on for women. No. No, just to be like you gotta like, oh, I'm I'm going on vacation to this place, or you know what I mean? Like put on a show. Yes. Be something yeah, I feel like you have to show them the flashy things when you're talking online so that they decide you're a safe, B worthy of meeting in person jeez it sucks dude (laughs) yeah i guess i kind of missed all that because i mean i'm sort of i'm not a not a long-term relationship guy but i went sort of from one to an in-between to another and yeah that's where i'm at now i'm married did you um did you do sports or anything like that in school i worked out for the football team in the off season, I was going to be on the football team. I forget what year, maybe junior year, mm-hmm. and then got to summer camp and spent two days outside in ninety eight degree <laughs> weather and decided this wasn't for me. And that was that was my high school yeah. sports experience. <laughs> Were you a sports? I have a though? nagging injury from gym class too. I remember going up to catch a football in gym class and like twisted my body one hundred eighty degrees and fucked my hip up. Oh. Like didn't realize it at the time, but like it's something that's haunted me for the last. 25 years or wow 20 20 years is that how long we've been out yeah we graduated uh 20 years ago yeah and i do construction work for a living so that's you not feel it easy on the body either hey you probably feel it right which is why i'm like trying to transition back to poker to supplement my income <laughs> because i don't think i want to do heavy duty construction work for the next 17 years yeah until i can retire well, that's interesting so we'll you um did you work as a kid when mm-hmm. you were I started. Oh my God! Wait, I know where you worked. 
Where everybody, where all the cool kids worked. No, no. You, well, I know you worked at Duke's Firehouse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Car wash, yes. Yeah. That's that is, Oh my I god. I worked at Clemens. I was gonna say, first, dude, when you said where all the cool at, kids were, I was like, are you gonna say Clemens? No, nah, nah, I worked at Clemens for like a year. <laughs> Everyone fucking worked at the one in and Center then I Square. At Dukes, yeah, at Center Square, and then I Everyone worked at Dukes there. for a while, and then I took a break from Dukes and worked at a Buca de Beppo, the Italian restaurant in East Norton. I worked yeah. there for a little bit, then I went back to. Does the family style uh, servings, the giant? Yeah, yeah God, I it's an X-ray that. center now. Yeah, there's only like one in the world. I feel like left. There used to be one in Town. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one left that I. I mean, I don't remember last time I drove by, but like I knew yeah, when I all the others were closed, that was the one that was still there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. But the firehouse, Duke's fire, fire hose. Fire hose. fire hose. Yes. Yes. That was actually a really good experience. I remember I'd go in there because I was working at Clemens making four twenty five an hour or mm-hmm. whatever the minimum wage at was. Five fifteen. And Duke's was paying like seven or something. I'm like, shit. I was seventeen. I was like, I'm Two dollars an hour more. That's exactly why I went to Wawa because they were paying six, mm-hmm. and McDonald's was paying five. I started at McDonald's and they were paying five fifteen, and Wawa paid six. And the manager was like, "You need more. You need more money." I was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course I do." So I switched. Duke's was a good experience though, because got to meet a lot of people. It was customer service. It was owned by one of the Corman brothers of Corman Properties. Yeah, Corman who Suites. I'm sure you see all over the city. Yeah, I was working especially in especially in that North area, Philly Temple area. There was Corman Apartments everywhere but uh yeah. one of the brothers owned that so it wasn't just like your regular run-of-the-mill car wash you really cared about the image and the customer service mm. and so you sort of got like a different angle from what you would maybe think of as a car wash job yeah i um i ended up managing the place for a while too i think it's changed hands a few times since then it's still there though right it's still there yeah when like i drive by 202 name. yeah their big thing was that they were a brushless car wash because they wanted to cater to the bluebell crowd. They right. wanted to cater to all the rich people to bring right. their Porsche Mercedes. So they, they don't scratch. Brushless scratching your car, but I think they've since converted. Hmm. It's still expensive though because it's in bluebell. When you were um, in school, were you were you um, good at anything like that you thought would be like a like a skill? Did you have a favorite? Let me ask you. Did you have a favorite class? Science, anatomy. I remember anatomy with Mr. I want to say Mr. Klein, but I don't know if it was Mr. Klein. He had a really cool with the beard, big beard. Yeah, yeah, like the axe murderer the beard. Yeah, yeah. I always enjoyed that. It wasn't much else that really jived with me. English, math, now, social studies. Mr. Quimby, I always remember liking too. Oh yeah, because um, I was in the gifted class. So you were in like enrichment or whatever? I was in enrichment, yeah, but I never Leslie understood why about because that. I always feel like I've had like an intellectual brain, but I never want to apply myself. I've always been a procrastinator and remember him always getting on me about that because I would never do the projects. I would never do the homework. How'd you get in there? In enrichment? Yeah. I think I remember taking an IQ test in like middle school or elementary school and they're like, oh, this kid's smart. Put him in there. So were you in enrichment all through elementary and, and middle mm-hmm. school and all that? Oh, yeah. wow. But at the time, I never understood why. It was just... Yeah. And did I you, never felt special. What kind of grades were you getting? C's, B's. That's interesting. I was never an A kid. Like, yeah. I don't think I... I don't even remember what my GPA was. And you weren't taking like any AP classes or, or anything like that? I had no aspirations to do That's anything. That's so funny. I life. wonder... <laughs> I'm so... I've always been so curious about enrichment because obviously I wasn't in it. So like safeties... I'm always like with these safeties, these enrichment programs, like what are these like exclusive clubs that I was never allowed mm-hmm. into? What do you have to do to get into it? I want to say like I always thought I was like a 
like smart, but I just didn't apply myself. Um, but I'd never, I never knew, knew the the key to break those locks to get right. into there. So when you say that, I just go. I, well, I do remember those. taking an IQ test, whether it was in. I don't remember what school it was in. I want to say it was in the school I was in in Elwood, which is in East Oak Lane. Yeah. But it's so vague, so long ago. That's so I don't interesting. Know what value yeah. that really has anyway. They just throw kids in these classes. Well, just most of the kids, like when Leslie Leslie was in there, and so I think of like kids that are taking like AP classes, honor classes. Yeah, I never and, did any of yeah, that. Any like of at that. that point in my life, I think I was more concerned with just hanging out with my friends and smoking pot and having fun, and I didn't give a <laughs> shit about high school. I had no plan. Like yeah. I worked at that car wash till I was twenty one. I was gonna take a year off of school. Mm-hmm. And then I decided that I wasn't going to go to school and I worked at the car wash and I had no plan. And I realized that was kind of dead end because I was still only making like $9 an hour. Right. And my brother got me a job working for a mutual fund transfer agency, which is just a fancy way of saying you're like a subcontractor for a mutual fund companies doing various things. But I had no experience in that. Yeah. So I floated along in that for five years with no college degree or anything. Did you have like expectations of going to college? Like, were, was there any like pressure at home to nope. like, hey, do this? Nah. Or when you were a kid, what did you what did you want to like grow up to be? I don't really remember. I don't think I had any like. Asp- like big. <laughs> I think I was like, what did you look up? Like, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a child, real kid. Yeah. I probably wanted to be a wrestler at some point. You know, I remember in high school they were pushing some genetic engineering stuff, and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. What is that? Oh, like like um, like back when like gene editing and stuff yeah. was like sort of a new concept. Yeah, I remember hearing about that and thought maybe that was cool. I was like science related stuff. My mom worked for Merck. Oh yeah, for twenty five years. Yeah, so that was sort of always a thing. But I honestly don't remember ever wanting to do anything besides just hang, work. Yeah. Did you <laughs> kind of sad? Did in you hindsight? Well, no. I, I, so it's not abnormal, but well, yeah. One of the things that like I, I remember I've watching learned, classmates like just grinding, trying to like get the best grades and putting out college applications and really, really caring. And I was like, didn't never care. even a thought for me. I never really thought about it, but because I'd watched so much TV, mm-hmm. like that was in my head. And my mom was always like, oh, you're going to go to college. That's what you're going to do. But like for me, watching TV and like seeing this is the next step, everyone in high school TV shows, then they go to college, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the next thing. So in my head, I thought that's what I had to do anyway, regardless. Yeah. But I never had like a want of I want to go to college to do blank. Yeah. Like I never thought I want to be a doctor or I want to be a salesman or yeah. accountant or my parents never pushed me either. I wanted to do. I wanted to do musical. I like doing musical, so I thought I was going to go to school for theater, mm-hmm. and then I quit the musical my senior year. So like that was no longer going to be a thing. And then I went into TV lab, and that was just kind of like, well, I guess I'll just kind of keep doing communications at Monco. But like I didn't, I didn't look at other schools. I looked at Temple. That was it. I didn't look at any other colleges. Mm-hmm. I didn't apply anywhere else. Like I didn't. I seem to remember thinking about going to Monco for something, but then thinking it was too expensive. <laughs> Even Monco's like the, being community college. Yeah, Monco's the cheapest. I can't afford that. I've sort of just kind of floated through life. Like my brother got me the job working for that company, which was a great experience, but I had no college degree and I was making 
whatever, $27,000 a year. Right. I would get like the best review every year and they would increase my salary 50 2% yeah. of 27,600 bucks a year, whatever it was. It was nothing. Yeah. So that pool hall I hung out at, I started hanging out at the pool hall Markley's in Norristown mm. when I was 18, 19, playing cards and playing pool. One of the uh, business agents for the Carpenters Union used to play pool there. Basically like a big shot in yeah. the union. And he offered to get me in. And I took a big gamble because I had no construction experience. Oh. And he was like, ah, oh, you know, in four years you can make 36 bucks an hour. I'm like, so I'm in, dude. <laughs> I was like, going to ask, did you go to tech school? No. Yeah. So one of the things that we, in this early. My only memory of, sorry, I no, it's keep okay. interrupting. But no, you're fine. Shop class in high school. Remember making those little downhill race cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The derby. Yeah. Yeah. And they put them down the track. Mm -hmm. I remember that was my experience in woodshop. I always enjoyed that. With the that. CO2, with, yes. right? Mr. Latrinko. I would have won, except mine broke on the very last race. Yeah, Mr. Latrinko. Yep, I remember him. <laughs> so um, that was my experience there. I sort of helped my dad with some things, but I just took a gamble on becoming a carpenter, and 13 years later, it's worked out. Well, early in the podcast, you know, I before I interviewed Derek, I interviewed Danielle, and that's how this kind of like we started talking about. You know, that's her, 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 his, his sister. sister her yeah, brother, his, yeah, his younger sister who was in our class. So we were talking her. about. Um, I know Derek, and he talked about his sister, and I'm like, I mm -hmm. don't remember your sister. Uh, I think she's episode three, episode one of three on the, on the podcast stream. Mm -hmm. Fran wants to listen. But like we were talking about just like, you know, he had always kind of worked with his hands and and the school. We felt like there was this. Um, I think a lot of people did. And I think Mike talked about it. Um, someone else did. Like there's this um, there was a stigma of tech school of like tech school kids were like the dumb kids, the stupid sure, kids. Like, oh, you're going to be a mechanic. Or, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You never like you never would appreciate what people can do as a tradesperson and and it's incredible what you can do you and realize that now and just what the what the the freedom of that type of work offers mm -hmm. and or the security that those that type of work it, it was just was so it felt so frowned upon yeah um so that's why i was curious if like you even like had a an inkling no, to I've, try and you get into told me that. when i was 17 that i was gonna be a union carpenter yeah i would have been told you're full of shit were you into cars at all because like since you were doing bit. the doing the detailing yeah i had like this cool souped up escort for a while and then i got a subaru wrx what is that the subaru oh WRX. subaru wrx okay yeah so i was like real into that but i wasn't in the car so much that i was like pulling engines apart right right, right. see that's why like i was friends with josh taylor who was like big into that they were mm -hmm. very into into cars and george Barreca, and mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of like gearheads in our in our school yeah. So you didn't like you didn't really like um you didn't have like any type of like pull into any of those. I feel like an, like the more I talk about it, I feel like an anomaly, like <laughs> sort of floating through life. No, but you likes but you did like things, right? So like sure. you were in a, you were into music. Yeah. You were on the internet. Yeah, I was in a band for a while. We played some shows. Our crowning as achieve achievement was playing a side stage at one of the Warp Tour. Yeah. Events up in Scranton. Oh, that's dope. I mean, nothing major, but we had fun. Dude, and that's awesome. We broke up. What uh was it? Uh, death metal. That wasn't death metal. It was okay. metal, but okay. it wasn't death metal. Um, as a kid into music, you said hip hop and metal. Mm -hmm. What were your hip hop influences? See, Metallica was your, me and was my your rock. Used to but sit and listen and memorize the lyrics to Wu Tang forever. <laughs> Do you remember when that album came out? Wu Tang Forever. Sort of. 
I mean, I have just like really oh, clear 16. memories because it was one of like the first double disc CDs mm-hmm. to come out. Like I think Tupac had one out and I can't remember. Uh, I don't know if Biggie had died yet and if Life After Death was out yet. But like Wu-Tang Forever was like the big one and all the kids were bringing it into school in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And maybe we were in different pods. But for me, I was in 8A. And I just have vivid memories of everyone bringing in their Wu-Tang Forever CDs. <laughs> everyone was just bringing in the same fucking CD because we had computer class. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first time you could like put com- you could put CDs in a computer and play music. And like I remember Kevin DeProsper was bringing like when Mr. Shannon would walk out, someone would put a CD in and Is be like Wu-Tang Forever. He was the computer class teacher. Okay. I remember typing class. I don't remember computer class. So typing, I remember there were two teachers. One was like an older guy. I just remember a guy going A, A, I want to say Mr. A. McKean. Mr. McKean yeah, or something like that was like the older guy. And then there was like a younger, taller guy that in my head, it's Mr. Latrinko, but that's not him. But it was, nah, oh, Mr. Yeah. O'Neill. Yeah. Mr. Sounds, O'Neill with the right. parted hair and the tall guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked like. A, and he was just like S, S. S. Wow, that's so weird. I pulled that out. Yeah, Mavis Beacon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I actually got really good at typing though when I worked in that office job. I was doing like 80 words a minute. Yes. I'm great at typing. I can still type even though I don't hardly use a computer that's anymore. That's one of the most valuable classes I've ever had because yeah. I'm awesome at typing. Stuck with you. My entire life. Yeah, I can do 80 words per minute cold. Mm-hmm. Like it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? But yeah, like Wu-Tang Forever. I remember that being so big and kids were getting the CD stolen. Um, like music, I don't know, like in, in middle school, maybe because I'm not around kids anymore, but like, I just felt like everything that I was learning about music and stuff was happening like in school. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I remember, you know, we just came up on the anniversary of, of Biggie dying. Yeah. Um, but I remember when Tupac died and like sitting in chorus class and everyone playing the Machiavelli, we were playing the Machiavelli album in chorus class with Miss Papadopoulos and like, yeah. And like morning Pac and I wasn't a Tupac fan. But, you know, Ray was a Tupac fan really and a bunch of other kids were. Speaking of Tupac, I lost my virginity to Who Shot You. Really? No, wait. Was that who sung Who Shot You? Biggie. Who's, what was the other one then? LL Cool J. No, the oh, other hit the up. Tupac. Hit him up. Hit him yeah, up. That was that. I remember that. <laughs> Vivid memories. That was my first like real Tupac experience. Was like, oh, this guy's good. <laughs> this guy's keeping, keeping my good rhythm. rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird song. <laughs> totally, dude. Life is a weird thing. <laughs> it's always funny to look back on things like that. I loved, I loved. Did you have a favorite um, rapper? Besides, I mean, you said Wu Tang, right? I don't know if they were my favorite. I don't really remember. Dr. Dre, Eminem. Eminem was big. Yeah, when uh, Marshall Mathers LP came out, I remember I was hanging out with Sean Higgins mm-hmm. then. And I want to say that was like uh, maybe 10th or 11th grade. It must have been 11th grade. But I remember when that came out and I ordered my I ordered the Marshall Mathers LP off of CDnow.com. <laughs> and Sean Higgins had his had a driver's license. So he drove to the mall and bought it. And it took another day for mine to come in the in the mail. Really? But dude, we used to listen to that album all the fucking time. Yeah. It was like, yeah. And that was the rebirth of Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember like that came out and then uh Chronic, the Chronic 2001. 2001 came yeah. out and that was in 1999. So, yeah, man, that was like that was so Eminem was my favorite rapper in high school. Mm -hmm. And then right around the time that that album I burned for you, which I think was Dynasty Rock La Familia or I mean, was uh, the the W. There was also Dynasty Rock La Familia, which is the Jay-Z album. That's Mm -hmm. when it changed for me when like Jay-Z started becoming my favorite rapper. Like, yeah, that's probably when I sort of fell away from hip hop because I was into 
the music we were doing and yeah. I just sort of got really deep into metal and all, all of its varieties. Where do you learn to, where do you learn to play guitar? Yeah. When you're a kid, I've actually played violin in middle school. Yeah. Maybe. And then my mom had an acoustic that I picked up and then I started, I was taking lessons, violin lessons and the guy always did guitar. So I quit violin and started taking guitar lessons. And then they're very different other than you can read music. Violin and guitar? Yeah. Yeah, the music's not even written the same. <laughs> guitar is six lines, each representing a string, and it tells you where to put your fingers. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to read music anymore. I can't either. But, yeah, I got into guitar, and I always had an ear for, like, picking out music. Mm. I could always find the notes. So, that was that. And I probably played, I don't really play much anymore. I played violin uh, in third grade. And then when I got to fourth grade, which was the switch to Shady Grove, mm. uh, I remember going into like music class and they were like calling all the names of the people that had like signed up for violin and my name wasn't called. And I was like, went back to my parents like, am I not doing violin? And they're like, <laughs> Nate, did you never we're, even practice? Like you're, you're yeah, you're you're out of this thing. Like all we learned was like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, like mm. six different versions of that. This it was key method. <laughs> did you um, who did you play with then? When you're you're playing guitar, uh, Anthony Gaber was the drummer, and then two guys that he went to the. This must have been later, I guess. In late high school, I would play with Anthony and the guy Joe Joe Emsley, who was a upperclassman. Mm -hmm. We would play together just like in his bedroom, and then Anthony went to the Art Institute oh. and met two guys from like upstate New York started a band and then i came down and played with them once and we were a band that's we it the one, the one i mean we had like some cool ideas but did you have influences musically yeah i kind of all over the place which is probably why it didn't end up working out because <laughs> they were sort of more punky type stuff and we were sort of more like metallic-y yeah. thrash kind of stuff yeah you're trying to go hard and they're trying to do yeah. blink, blink 180 and i never really like right yeah couldn't really mix the two so that phased out, but it was fun. We're still kind of in days touch. are so long, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's heavier. <laughs> um, I, I had a very my rock, uh, my rock renaissance took place in like seventh grade. With that's why I asked you when you said middle school and you started getting Metallica, that's why I asked you, was it load? Because for me, the Metallica load album was my rock album. Right. Um, that and that's when Kiss had come back mm -hmm. and they performed at the uh, Video Music Awards. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. And being a big wrestling fan, mm -hmm. um, one of the company, one of the big wrestling companies in Philadelphia, ECW, used to play a lot of rock music on their shows. The theme music for one of their guys, one of the uh, sure. walkout songs, was "Enter Sandman." Mm -hmm. So, like, I'd be in the in the super, I'd be in Gennardi's with my Walkman, like air guitaring <laughs> "Enter Sandman," and like that was, and, and Green Day was like really big, mm -hmm. and like I was in a back. Kind of grew up in the grunge era too. Yeah, Y one hundred, alternative. Yes, alternative was like very. Yeah, you know, I guess that was probably that's an influence. I sort of didn't think about all that music, even in Lattice Morissette, and mm -hmm. you know all those. I guess alternative is what we call them. I mean, that was yeah, that grunge was, alternative. Yeah, that was the birth of it. And Y one hundred really was the you know yeah. was the the holder of those things. Ninety four one was pretty good too. Yeah. Um, but that was that was me like uh, maybe like seventh grade, uh, a little bit of eighth grade. And then after that, man, I just went all in on hip hop. 
Right. It was all in on it. So I went metal. all in on metal after that. Yeah. And I still listen to mostly metal. Yeah. I mean, I have a very wide palette. Anything but country music. I despise oh. country. I despise pop country. Yeah. I, was I can say, listen like, to the shit out of some old bluegrass. Yes. Some old shit like that. But yeah. pop country to me is just like propaganda for white people. Sure. And I. So not so much into, into Taylor or Faith or Faith Hill, but. Um, but you might get down with a little, uh, a little Johnny Cash, sure, or uh, Red Savine, or uh, yeah, I couldn't even put names on it. I just know yeah. what I'd like. What See, I actually, likes. I do listen to a lot of like sixties, seventies country. Yeah, I love Johnny Cash, uh, Red Savine. I listen to Truck. Well, <laughs> that sitting right there. Oh my god! <laughs> so this is C.W. McCall album called Black Bear Road. This is trucker music trucker music yeah it's a lot of like banjos and guitars but this guy is like he's a re- he's a, a marketing agent mm-hmm. a marketing guy that um in the 70s and 80s started making music under this fake name of cw mccall to like promote a, a coffee shop or something mm-hmm. out in iowa and it was such a hit he started making tons of music under this <laughs> alias i never even heard of him oh it's awesome so he, he makes music about like nature and trucks like cj5 and a four-wheel drive with a truck around my tail <laughs> um if you ever heard the song convoy which is like an I old think i have heard that yeah there's a chris christopherson movie from the 70s of uh, the same name which is used in the music the rubber duck and all that shit and like mm-hmm. this is what this but like that's how it started uh, just listening to a lot of like i feel like that's like real country music i don't know what they're putting on the radio now it's all like well it's just like like with just like with anything right there's like really great r&b artists and and pop stars that can fucking sing and then they add in like I this feel like little music should come from like a place where like where what you're singing about is something that you experience so some hip-hop artists can sing about coming from the grimiest parts of the city and they like they mean it because they lived it and others are singing about that shit but they grew up in the suburbs and they in Toronto. Yeah. Some relation. of them grew up in Toronto. Right. Working on, working for music. Nickelodeon. Right. <laughs> Who's that? J- Drake. Oh, Drake. <laughs> that yeah. is like, you know, they, See, I'm so out of touch. On I've talked a few times on more than a few on this podcast about math class. And this yes. is where I sold you the Wu-Tang album. Miss Caster's class. Miss right? Caster's yeah. honors count class. Do you yeah. remember this class at all? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do. I remember her. Do you <laughs> very obnoxious in hindsight? She was always the hot teacher. Yes. Everybody remembered her as the hot teacher, but in hindsight, I'm like, she's probably like a really annoying person. <laughs> like not, you know, if you were like a peer to her. Hard to, uh, hard to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. She was, uh, she like, she liked, she liked fucking with people. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But do you remember like, uh, do you remember the girls in this class? Mention names, I probably like. Did. We had this is like the class where I just like I remember just all these pretty girls with like the Steph Schnecks and mm-hmm. Steph Hughes and Steph Berkey and all the um, all the, all the <laughs> Stephs. Um, Brooke Johnson is in our class and Katie Evelyn and Amy Jaskowiak and so many names I can't remember faces though. I really remember a few girls from. High I remember school. them all. What makes you remember someone from high school? Maybe I thought they were pretty. Yeah. They had a good personality. Yeah. Were you, um, before you were dating, like at 17, were you trying to navigate through that at all? Do you, were you trying to like, were you trying to find a girl in school at all? I don't remember making any 
strenuous effort. While my friends were all getting laid, I was just kind of like just waiting for it to happen to me. Yeah. Is that um? so none of my friends dated weren't having. So it wasn't anything that like I knew anything about, but I would look out amongst the school and see like, oh, man, I feel like everyone's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that like. Was yeah. Same no, for you? I saw it and I was just like, well, you know. When, we, when it happens, it happens. When it happens, it happens. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when hit him up comes on. Yeah, I ain't got I no motherfucking friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you did sports for that one summer. Yes. And then you were out again. Were you into sports though, in general? I mean, I always enjoyed watching sports. I think I would go to a few football games because I was friends with Tom Beal, and he was right. I think he was an offensive lineman or something. I assume he was on varsity. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. But I think I was more of like a social gathering going to football games. Yeah. Other than that, I was not really into it. Into anything. I was never really good at anything. I was a terrible basketball player. Not good at baseball. I smoked, so I couldn't run to play football. <laughs> I wish I would have discovered golf in high school. That would have been interesting. Yeah, because they had golf. Yeah, we had golf. It was, was a heck of never was really a thought. Yeah, and then after school, I got into pool. I was like a pretty good pool player for a while because I hung out at that pool. So I was more into like sedentary sports. I had a I had a a, a brief moment in time where I used to go to uh, I used to play pool a lot with uh, with Scott Ritter. Mm-hmm. He was big into playing pool at um, in Willow Grove at Superstrokes. I never heard of that. Yeah, it was like off of Eastern Road. I, I had like a good time doing it for a little bit, but then it was like all the time. Mm-hmm. It was too much for me. And I now oh, I man, think I, I have. Spent, I probably wasted so many hours in that pool hall. I think I have I PTSD with, with pool now because really? you don't even <laughs> play. it was like too much. Yeah, when people say like, oh, you want to play pool? I just go, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> but you know what? I'm like that with all those type of sports. Like I don't like bar. I don't like bar sports. So like uh, or bar games. So mm-hmm. like. um Darts. Darts. I'm terrible at darts. Darts. What's the uh, even like stuff that people shuffleboard, um, bago. Uh, uh, yeah, I never got the whole cornhole thing. When I saw cornhole on ESPN, I said, "What the fuck is going on?" Ladder ball, like anything, like anything where you stand still and like hit a ball. I'm out. Yeah, (laughs) I'm kind of the same way. They're all like party sports, I guess. Yeah, for some reason, like my crews just never. um, My crews weren't that type of of partiers. I don't know what kind of so you were partying in high school though. Mm-hmm. So what kind of like partying were you guys doing? Just drinking and smoking and a lot of low key stuff. And then when my buddy went to the art institute, we'd come down the city and go to some some parties every once in a while. And there's never anything like out of hand. Friends, right? Hanging yeah, with your friends, and that's much. what a lot of my college, you know, my college life was was like. And even now, like when I'm just hanging out with people, like I'm not a I did like to throw a party. I like to throw like a, I was always big into like hosting like a, a good like one event, mm-hmm. you know, party like a, a New Year's Eve or, you know, down here before before COVID, we used to have the Italian festival and the streets for two days, the streets would just be full packed out with full of people. And so I would have like 20, 30 people up here. That's awesome. And yeah. And like and watch the festival and like go outside and then come back inside and use the air conditioning mm-hmm. and, you know, the, and the bathroom <laughs> and the refrigerator, and you know, drink for free and then take your cup outside. And I like doing stuff like that. But um, uh, the majority of like my friends, like one on one or three in a group or whatever, it was just like we were never like. It wasn't like weren't double dating. Wasn't like going nah, to we're weren't way. going to parties. We were we like were, tight knit 
group, but that was kind of it. Yeah. There's not too many like outside like expanding from were one you, group to another. Were you aware of like the cliques and, you know, like cool kids or, or I, were you aware of that in yeah, high school? I, I do remember that. Did you, did you, like I looked at it and I, I remember always. seeing the cool kids but never aspiring to be one. Mm. Probably thinking they were kind of douchey. But not all of them, because there was like the nice cool kids, and then there was the douchey cool. Oh, kids. what's the nice cool kids? Remember, like, uh, it was Justin Hammond. Remember, he was sort of like a cool kid, but he was yeah. always very personable. Okay. And I don't remember too many names. I don't want to like call people out. <laughs> like, I want you to, twenty years ago, who I would listen, think here's a list. I want you to make probably a, is not an asshole. I want you to make a list of all the cool of all the nice cool kids and the mean cool. I could kids. probably point them out in your yearbook. <laughs> but that's the funny thing about high school is all as intense as it was back then 20 years later like none of it mattered it doesn't matter right did you you did feel like it mattered back then though of course yeah because like you're 17 and you're full of hormones and trying to get laid and trying to get recognized and social status mattered now i'm like i could couldn't care less what people think about me nothing matters i have you know, a wife and two kids, and I have my work colleagues. I work pretty much with the same group of guys most of the time. So, like, that's sort of my circle. Yeah, yeah. I cared so much. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably cared a little at the time, but I think I still I've sort of been, I've always been semi apathetic. I think I still care for some reason. I still care about the perception of my character, and I, I guess with anyone that can touch me and. Mm-hmm. and now I can be touched so many places because of social media and all that stuff. But I always, I always yeah, cared like I'm about not even the, active on Facebook. What was the moment for you to realize like I'm 21 or whatever. And like, it's I actually need when to, I was 25, I joined the union. So you saw him in the pool, in the pool hall, but what was that for you to like, to say like, Oh, this, it, I need to do this or. Oh, well, I mean, an incredible increase in your wages, but you also get 30 something pension and healthcare 401k. Like when I retire at 55, which I will be able to do, which a lot of people can't retire that young, mm. I'll have health care forever until I die. Wow. Which is big. Yeah. So I guess at that age, I started maturing enough to realize that that stuff was important and that I didn't know what else I was going to do in my life. So I figured I'd try construction work. Wow. That's it's interesting. Now I do, I would say, I spend more than half of my time at the there's a nuclear power plant in Limerick. Yeah. So I do a lot of my work there. I'm like a regular there for the years. Oh, wow. So like Derek's out and about in Center City. Right. Working on high rises and guys are out all over the place, whether in Philly or Bucks County or Montgomery County doing real construction work. I'm there sort of doing maintenance type work at a power plant. Oh, wow. Which is cool. How do you get hooked up with that? Like in such a steady I just got in and just kind of worked my way up and knew the right people. And we're not there year round, but usually when we're there, I'm one of the five or six or eight guys that are there. That's cool. Which is nice. When everyone's like leaving and going to college, did you have any thoughts of like, like for me, I was kind of like, I guess, I don't know, we talked about like a Monco and all that and the mm. 202U and like, I was kind of like embarrassed. I remember people asking me, did you have any thoughts like, oh, fuck, people are leaving? Were your older friends nah, like leaving? Yeah, because we all sort of stayed they all Everybody stayed in the area. Sort of still worked. I was still working at the car wash at the time, and I was managing it at that point. So I was sort of watching maybe some people I knew go, but other younger people coming up, getting this part-time work. 
And then my closest mm-hmm. circle of friends never went anywhere. Okay. My closest friend Anthony went to the art institute, so he was only in the city. Yeah. And the other guys were just working regular jobs. So. So your life didn't even have to didn't really nah, change stressful. even that much. I didn't yeah. Feel like I was losing people. Were you still living at home? Mm-hmm. When did you when do you get the the ability to to leave home and move out when you're since you're not in college? My wife, I think. I got in the union in 2008, so that would have made me 25. Mm-hmm. And we were together for like a year, and then we got an apartment. So okay. around 26, Okay, decided it was finally time to move out. To move out, yeah, yeah. What's that through your 20s then? You're living at home. Yeah. What's that? That's like the classic suburban stereotype, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, but my mom was very like, she let me do whatever I want. Because I wasn't a bad kid. Like, I never got in trouble yeah, never like, arrested or she was a single mom. I mean, she got help from my dad, but she was a single mom, me and my brother. So yeah, did the know, she did, would do her thing and I would help around the house, whatever, and then I would just go out and it was fine. You said it was amicable. So your relationship with your dad, even though you moved with your mom, did your dad stay in the city? Yeah, he still lives in East Oak Lane. Was it? Were you able to still have that? Mm-hmm. Like for me, my parents when they got divorced, like I had like maybe a year with my dad, but then after that, he kind of like fizzled out. So like, nah, yeah, there's still me. my my whole family dynamic is it's always an interesting story because my dad met my his first wife, who was the mother to my two older half brothers. Right. Growing up, she was always my aunt Nancy. Okay. Because they split up. But amicably. Mm-hmm. Granted, these people used to do a bunch of acid together. <laughs> they did acid and smoked weed. It's like they a were, commune. Yeah, they were sort of not hippies per se, but sort of into that yeah. that angle. So that was my Aunt Nancy. And then he met my mom and had myself and my little brother. Then they split amicably. Mm. And now he's married to my, I guess it would be my stepmother. Okay. But like at family gatherings, we're all together. Yeah. My Aunt Nancy. The mother, his first wife, the second wife, and the current wife. That's cool. And they're cool. all like best buds and we all hang out. That's cool. That's I feel like that's rare. It's It's got to be incredibly rare. Yeah. But I'm so grateful for it because there was no like fighting. There was no animosity. There was no nasty divorce and yeah. fighting over the kids and all that shit. Never so, happened. So. so you always had your dad around for you mm-hmm. for whatever you need. Did you, um, did you like go there on weekends or? I think I would spend some summers there. Summers in East Oak Lane. That's yeah. gonna be hot. That's actually where I started. <laughs> yeah, I was say. <laughs> good friend down the street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was be. not like too much to do, but he had East Oak Lane's all those big old Victorian houses. Yeah, so. I love the you still. I mean, it's gone now, but the old Oak Lane Diner. Yeah, I remember the Oak Lane Diner. Yeah, yeah. It was right on Ogon Ave, wasn't it? Yep. That's not uh, there no, anymore? it was right on oh, right on uh, right on um, what's the one broad. I'm thinking of? Oh, no, yeah, you're, you're right. You might be thinking of the, um, so on the corner of like Ogons and Cheltenham was the Littleton Diner. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Because I drive, when I go to my dad's, I take 309 down and yeah. bust left on Cheltenham. Yeah, right and I did some work across the street from the mall. And they tore that down. And I think like they expanded the McDonald's there. At yeah. Shelton. I used to, I get wings over on, on Ogons Avenue. Like I, I know that area somewhat well. I used um, to drive down there and get beer. Apparently, you were like legit, like the sixth person to mention <laughs> really? the the little the little uh, Asian deli there in Cheltenham, where everyone would go to get beer. Yep. I never knew. <laughs> I never, yeah, I only never, went once or twice, but I remember going. It's funny. All my friends. Because I found a place in Norristown on Main Street that did the same thing. Okay. See, all my friends' dad, we, they all drank beer, but for some reason, like it just wasn't anything that like we we got into, or we like even knew how to 
how to do or mm-hmm. or anything. It's funny. <laughs> you just like you just completely. I mean, now I'm all in, but like just missed this. <laughs> yeah, it's funny now. I like I don't drink at all. Like yeah, that one beer is like Whoa. it's well. This is a it's heavy. This is 12%. a uh, eight. This is an eight percent. I'm just a lightweight. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way with like with certain beers or like certain things I'll, I'll drink and I'll just go like, ooh, like I was uh, it was mimosas I was having uh, not that long ago and I was telling someone I said, listen, with mimosas I get fucked up. Yeah, they're like red wine now. Ooh, okay. I like wine. Yeah, beers like I feel like I have to commit a lot of stomach space, stomach space to beer and the the bubbles and like. It's very thick. That like that tastes really good, but I'm thinking I couldn't drink three of those. So that happened to me in co- after college. The minute I graduated college, I couldn't do beer anymore. It was the weirdest thing. I just couldn't. And my buddy said it's when you're getting old. Mm-hmm. He says uh, he says no no that's that's just what happens. Try this Bud Light, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> but like when I graduated, because uh, I used to love drinking uh, Yingling lagers. Yep. And I just lager and Bacardi rum. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't drink it anymore. Like my body had like an an allergy to it. Yeah, uh, it's not that bad for me. It's just it's just too much effort. Like if yeah. I really want to get drunk, I'm just gonna drink wine. Yeah, and like four glasses, and I'm happy. And <laughs> four. It goes down easy. You just said you don't drink. You drink four glasses. Well, of four wine. glasses would really put me over the top. Yeah, that's a good. See, I should have had some wine here. I usually have some. <laughs> I usually have a little wine. I've got some. Uh, I think I have some like. Um, uh rosé what's that like a sparkling like oh. like like a champagne but it's uh no i'm like i only drink red anything else it's like insults my masculinity this is like blush champagne <laughs> yeah you could pop that bottle if you like <laughs> <laughs> when you when did you meet your wife then because you're you move out in she your in your mid-20s fellow pool player so oh. at that pool hall wow so everything's happening at this pool hall you that meet was, the yeah, work the it. girl Wow, what kind of ladies hanging out in the in the Norristown pool hall? Chicks are a little rough around the edges, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she. That was sort of where my adulthood circle of friends came to be. Was the pool hall? My wife, my That's now cool. brother-in-law, who married my wife's sister, and the, okay. the gang that we ran with, then all sort of hanging all around grew there from there. So it was just like a daily or, or a semi semi daily type of thing. Oh, we were in there every every single, single day. day. Yeah, because I guess poker became popular in like 2003. We were just in there hanging out, playing pool, playing cards, gambling. There's a bar across the street that you could drink at underage. Uh, and then my wife ended up getting a job at that bar, and sort of grew from there. Like that's cool. We were the the group that kind of really never left our sort of centralized area of yeah. Norristown. Oh, how do you, how'd you end up? You weren't living in Norris. You were living in Whipping Hill still though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so you just like think, yeah, yeah. take the trip. literally like the very North end of Norristown. Okay. Right over Johnson highway. Okay. So, um, and then, so she's the bartender mm-hmm. at that bar across yep. the street. Yep. So you're walking over underage, to get drinks. <laughs> you but she didn't start bartending until probably I was of age. Okay. Okay. But yeah, that was sort of any meter in there. And what's the, how, what again, What's the pickup line? <laughs> I think we just played pool together. Uh, she knew you from the pool hall. Yeah. And you're mad. We were all oh, regulars yeah. there. And we just ended up, you know, like you have your circle of friends when you're younger. And then like all the guys that I was closest to as a kid, we we talk every once in a while. But it's nothing, you know, you sort of fan out and find your new 
Yeah. Lifelong friends. And even at this point now, those same people we don't really talk to as much because, you know, two young kids, two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Life is kind of becomes that as expanded beyond contracted almost you could say yeah expanded contracted your responsibilities have expanded so much that you have to contract your circle because you can't no yeah. one has time for There's no time for it yeah all that shit yep did you want uh did you want family kids when yep. you were when you're growing up really i was the guy who said he was never gonna get married never gonna have kids and were you like that in high school after high school mm-hmm. did you have a reason for that or i just never thought i'd wanted that level of commitment was it because the girls put put you in the slam book as the as the ugliest you just thought there's no <laughs> that never stuck stuck with me for that long but i still remember it i'm like probably not because i cared as much i've never been one to care so much about what people thought about me but i'm like that's just fucking mean like yeah yeah we're gonna get to people the bottom need to of this stoop to that sort of level of Whatever. I, got, I mean, kids are kids. I got some interviews coming up. We're going to get to the bottom of this thing. <laughs> We're going to find out. Uh, that was sixth grade. I think the teacher was Mrs. Atkinson. Mm. I had a I had a Mr. Atkinson. Maybe. In eighth this grade. Is something. Mrs. A something. Eamon. Sixth grade. Eamon. Eamon? Yeah. That doesn't sound familiar. Six, six B? want to say i'm i'm uh i'm trying to get better at other people's pods now now that i've heard other people's stories i'm trying to remember like other yeah, people's remember other people's better odds. than i do I, had, I, I forgot we had pods until you mentioned it today <laughs> no all the pods were like for me it fucked me up because i didn't one i never had class i didn't have pods with any of my friends until eighth grade eighth mm-hmm. grade i had some friends in my pod but six and seven i was just like by myself like yeah. didn't know anybody at all it was tough because I didn't, yeah. I only got along with like five people. <laughs> I seem to remember sort of getting along with people and just sort of trying to just get through every day. Yeah, do the bare minimum to get in and get out. Did you take Japanese? Mm-hmm. I thought so. I remember. So I, I yeah, remember, I definitely remember Japanese. Yeah, those the two things I remember. We had calculus and we had Japanese together. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long did you take it? I think as long as I could. So you took it all through high school. Yes. See, I failed ninth grade and that was it no i think i took it all oh wow I'm i can so still jealous. recognize a couple characters but i don't i never pursued it after that i know a little a little bit of hiragana a little bit of katakana kanji no way yeah but i can't i can't really speak it other than shishikani ne because that's what harpster sensei used to always say to me shishikani ne shishikani ne what does that even mean i think it means shut up does it yeah <laughs> And um, I could still recognize recognize a few letters of the hiragana, but outside of that, I want to learn it. I should have done it during the quarantine, but um, mm. I'm dying to relearn it because I'd love to go to Japan. That's like I would my love dream. You've never been? It's my dream trip. Japan and Alaska, which aren't that hard of a trip, I guess. But like, I think Alaska would be pretty easy. It's expensive. Is it? Yeah, like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a very like. I'm not a very well-versed traveler. I've traveled like all over the country, but it's always been for work. Um, mm-hmm. I've not traveled internationally much at all, Canada and the Dominican Republic. So like, you know, getting to like Alaska and like having to pay thousands of dollars, like I'm just not used to that sort of thing. Or like, I've never done a cruise. I've been told a cruise is the best way to do Alaska. Yeah, I've never done any of that. So yeah, I, I, so a lot of it's like just timidness and just not knowing what the hell to do because it's a very new experience. Just gotta Google it. 
So going to Japan where I don't know any, you know, I, I don't I know, that, speak That would be intimidating, and, especially if you can do it alone. Yeah. You know, I would feel like I would need to read a book first on like how to explore Japan. Yeah. I need a buddy or, or someone to, to kind of help take me through there. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever traveled internationally? No. Uh, how come? Just never, never either had the time or the, never really like put out the effort to. Yeah make it happen i guess it interests me but not so much that i'm gonna drop everything and go yeah make i've a, always been like make a i've budget always just and... worked i just work and i guess that's my blue collar element like i work yeah pay the bills and have the bit of fun that i can have but do you ever like feel like it's um when you talk about like the blue collar style do you ever feel like it's like a just a, a non-stop clock to get like yeah. You know, with, with everything that's been going on now with COVID, right? And mm-hmm. A lot of people were just like stuck at home. And one of the things that people said was like, it's almost good to have to finally just stop, reassess things. And I never really did that, though. Yeah. I guess when it all started last year, I took the three months off the three-month government vacation. Yeah. Because with unemployment and the $600 a week, I was making almost 1200 a week. Yep. Which is like a it's regular weird. paycheck for me. It was wild. <laughs> so I was like, okay. This yeah. is just because it's normal to get laid off. When you're doing construction work, you get mm-hmm. laid off. You might be off for a week, two weeks, a month, and you find another job and you supplement yourself with unemployment. Right. But this was like unemployment plus. Right. So I'm like, it was like real work. Home. I sat home for three months and took every dime that they gave. And then when it was time to go back to work, I went back to work and I've been working steady ever since, which would have been, I guess, last July. Yeah. So I worked up at temple on a school for a few weeks or for a couple months and then went back to the power plant was there any point of like did you ever have any change of thought i mean three months is a while so did you have any like i don't no, know i just sat at home my wife and kids did some build a deck okay lost a thousand on the stock market because i wanted to be a day trader <laughs> <laughs> learned that that was not going to work for me and you got to talk to mike Bolpicelli. he does uh he does trading i know some guys uh, that are really good at it and I try to educate myself, but when, when you think you know even a little bit, you know nothing. I have a question for you just because yeah. I thought about it. Sure. How many people have you reached out to for the podcast that have told you no? Mm, so Like I've, straight up no. I've or done. Or some lame ass excuse. Yeah. I've done probably like, um, I don't know, you're probably like the 40th, 40th interview I've done. Uh, I've probably had like 12 people straight up tell me no really 12 to 15 people in some way where you just go like oh this isn't going to happen whether it's a no like some just straight up say no no thank you i don't want i'm not interested in going back in that time that time was very traumatic for me Uh, i don't like talking about my personal life i don't want to put my business out there that's happened with probably like 10 people Mm -hmm. then you get like the weird stuff of people who just ghost you after like they start talking to you and then you ask them yeah. Then they just ghost you. They just stop responding altogether. Yeah, I felt like like when you asked me, I'm like, and I didn't get back to you right away. I'm like, I don't want to think like I'm blowing them off. No, because I can see like I can see when and, and also like I know when I'm reaching out to someone on Facebook, mm-hmm. there's like a, a an inherent risk of it's hard to keep in contact with someone on Facebook Messenger. Sure. Right. So like I, I, I have to like there's a part of me that like right there's a personal side of, are they blowing me off but then there's just the real reality side of okay it's a dad 
He's probably not on fuck. He doesn't have his Facebook Messenger fucking open, waiting for me. To sure. Like in writing this, it's probably like waiting a, to see the dots. Yeah, and then it's probably like you get it, and then you need to like you probably need to like think about it. Like mm-hmm. what you just said, it's not you know, it's not just having this chat room conversation. So like just acknowledging that on my side that that is like helps not not make things like feel so crazy on my mm-hmm. side. We're like, what's he doing? Why isn't he answering me? Yeah, imagine not everybody lives close enough to come down here. Probably, but oddly enough, most people want to come down here, especially like now. Like, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's I didn't realize that until Chrissy Krause uh came down. Chrissy was the second one, I did Chrissy Shuck, and then Chrissy Krause came down, but she was the second one to come back or to come in after like COVID. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'll do it if I can do it face to face. She didn't want to do it over Zoom, yeah. I don't think I would have enjoyed that, yeah, as much. And it's funny because like part of me is just like, hey, do you want to talk? Do you want to do the show? And it's like, you know, that's like the thing. But then other people are like, yes, I would love to do the show, but I I don't get any value. Like, I never thought about the value that other people are getting out of it. Yeah. And like like you said, like, just to connect with someone different, like, face-to-face it's and huge, have a, dude. yeah. Like, if we didn't even talk about high school, I wouldn't care. Well, we, <laughs> if we didn't we, have the podcast going. I really wouldn't care either because I'm like, wow, like, let me, like, interact with somebody who is, it's so hard, like, now with life to, like, make make new friends without effort you know what yeah. I mean? like the people i work with are the people i work with my family my small circle of friends but like how else do you make new friends right right like join a tennis club or something like what do you do <laughs> pool get back in the pool. pool right i could do that golf sometimes i go play golf alone and yeah. meet interesting people yeah but it's really not so simple now I think that is why I do like one of the, you know, I mentioned like the parties and stuff. I think that's one of the reasons why I do like this space in this area because it's a great, like, hey, come down. Yeah. Like, I love the, you know, come down. It's like, let's go get some food down the street. You know, they've got like, they got cheese bread and tomato pies. And, and yeah, I was and, just thinking that. I said, before I go home, like, I'm here. I'm never here. I must consume something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you start, you know, produce, whatever, like, Hey, you want to make a pizza? Like, <laughs> you know, coffee shops are awesome here. It's a, it's a good time to hang out. I think that's what I do love about Philadelphia. Well, the city. Yeah. I always thought if I was, if I was single, I would be living down here. I always say I'll, I'll stay here until like I, until I have a reason to like move to the burbs, like sure. until I get, until like I'm going to get married and like I have to start a family in the burbs if that's what the wife wants to, wants to do. But like mm-hmm. until then I feel, I don't know, it's something about, and you stayed in the burbs, but like it's something about, but you know, you, same way I grew up in my twenties, I, you know, I hung out and partied in my twenties was you connect with your friends, you stay in one group, yep. generally in like a, a one mile radius, you know, you, maybe you go to the bar, but then you, you just go yeah, back I'm to like, someone's house at the end of the I night. Sometimes I sad that I never really, I'm like the classic story of the person who never really left where they grew up. But a lot of people. I'm like in a stone's the, throw from both of the, from Bluebell, both of the places I live there. I mean, Pennsylvania is the highest rate of people that have never left the state. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Uh, at least it used to be uh, when I used to, when I first learned the stat, but I'm pretty sure there's still, it's still like number one or number two people who grew up here, never leave, but also just this area in general. Um, I just think you have a lot of, by the way, where we are in the Italian market on a Sunday <laughs> <laughs> afternoon. So there's just things going around out here. Um, yeah. Like people, you know, just locals. Right. Who stay in lands. I was just talking to someone about people in Lansdale and, and mm-hmm. after was a hick and my mom moved to North Wales. So I mm-hmm. got a lot of friends in North Wales, Lansdale, all those people, like 98 percent of all my friends from that era of my life are still in that town. Yeah. 
you know, blocks away from the house that they lit, that they grew up in uh, with their wife and their kids. Now they haven't gone anywhere. It's not uncommon. No, I'm sure it's not. Even for me, right? I when I was talking about it a little bit earlier, like I've never traveled. I've, I've traveled to you know Canada and the Dominican Republic, and outside of that, my travels just been domestic, and majority of that's yeah. been through work. Jersey, Maryland. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I've you've been, been all over the country. I've been all over the country, minus you know, I haven't been to like, um, I haven't been to Alaska, Hawaii, I haven't been to any of the Dakotas, uh, but pretty much everything else I've been to. I don't think I've been to Alabama. Um, but you know, the, the rest of that I've probably been to, you know, the major, the major cities mm-hmm. or, or whatever driven through. And, and it's not like, I haven't like, I've experienced those things, but I haven't like learned any like cultural, profound cultural, you know, messaging that like changes my life or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm still like, despite the fact that I've been trucked around for work, I haven't like. I don't consider myself like cultured in that way. There's tons of, especially like with, with online dating, right? That's one of the things that, that women love to throw out is their love of travel. Mm-hmm. Right. I, Oh, I just got back from this place. Especially we've been in a quarantine for a fucking year. So it's like, what travel are we talking about? It's like, Oh, I love to travel. I do this and I do that. And I do this. And for someone like me who, you know, doesn't speak a foreign language anymore, mm-hmm. hasn't really been out of the country like that what you're saying, like, as far as like, you haven't been anywhere, I feel the exact same way. What am I going to do? Talk to this, talk to this person who's been to, this girl's been to like, you know, Portugal or Brazil or whatever. And talk to her about how much I love Nashville. <laughs> you know, like, Hey, you ever been on bourbon street? Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's like, you ever been in that, that, that smoke store in Denver where they let you, <laughs> you know, sit and smoke for $10. Like, you know, what am I going to, I don't feel cultured in that in that way. Yeah, I I have no again no connection to that. If you could, got to be so interesting. If you could take a trip, did you ever want to take a trip anywhere? Yeah, I would love to see Asia and parts of Europe. Is that because of Japan, Asia, or because of taking Japanese or like I went to I went shopping at the Korean supermarket yesterday. There's one up in North Wales okay. area, Aussie or whatever. I yeah. Oh, I love. So that's where my mom used to live back yeah, there. I, Bell Run. Bell Run. It's actually uh, my first time there. Plaza. I took my kids because I'm on the, I'm 38 and I'm going to die soon kick. So I'm like, you know, I quit smoking four months ago. I put on 10 pounds. And <laughs> Going healthy. I'm like, like I want to start eating better. So to me, like Asian food is incredibly healthy in its mm-hmm. purest form. Mm-hmm. Not talking about Chinese. American right, right, food. right, right, Not right. Not talking about general soda, right. but. So I went up there just to explore. It was neat, very intimidating. Ninety percent of the stuff is not written in English. Yeah, but it was it was cool. I'm dragging my kids through there, dude. If you go over to the right where the food court is, uh, the best fucking sushi you've ever had in your life. The yeah, I, th- I thrive sushi. on giant sushi. <laughs> dude, go to Asi and on the right where the where the whole food court is. There's yeah, a- yeah, we went there. I had my two kids though, and they were pretty much done. So I'm like, oh, we gotta go. How do you how do you get a palate for that or an interest in Growing that? Up, my parents would take me to Indian restaurants when I was oh. eight years old. See, that's cultured. I wouldn't even have a clue. No, like I, I've been to an Indian restaurant once. I wouldn't I wouldn't have an idea of like what to do. Oh my god, just go. You like spicy food? Love spicy food. Yeah, Indian's good. Yeah, spicy, rich, a lot of seasonings. Like every culture sort of has their food, which is I don't want to say it's so cut and dry. I guess if you get into like authentic Chinese and Asian food, it can be like really over the top and yeah. flavors. But Indian is very like 
you just have to try it. So many spices and yeah, curries, all sauces and the, mm. the bread and. Uh, I had it once out in I want to say San Fran. Mm. Uh, I had like a, a authentic, real good like Indian, and this girl just kind of like showed me like here's here's all the things I got us. Here, eat this. Put this on it. Mm-hmm. Take this bread. Put this and like, but I had nothing to retain. I had yeah. no fucking clue what I was doing. You should definitely give it another shot. I need to, especially because find a girl on Tinder who likes Indian food. Indian food. <laughs> yeah. Were you uh were you movie buff movie fan? Nah. Really? I'm the guy like everybody. I work with guys that are like are big into movies. And yeah. Quote movies and they know the movies and all the actors. And I'm the guy who you ask, "Have you seen this movie?" And I'm like, "Nope." Growing up, were you, you weren't into like um, were you into like movies and stuff in high school? I always like to ask people if there was like a movie that they were that they were into in in high school that they really liked. Nah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like heart of like I remember death. like Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day. I'm <laughs> trying to get out my head. You know, when I think of like metal and stuff, I think of uh, like Henry Rollins and Flea in the Chase with Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson. Never saw it. No. Oh, I've, you should see that. I've never watched a Star Wars movie. That's not too bad. I, I mean, feel like it is, though, because I feel like Star Wars is like everybody loves everything Star Wars. And I'm like, stop talking about it. Yeah. But you know what, though? Our generation uh, was the bridge. So I remember growing up and my dad liked Star Wars. My dad make me watch Star Wars or watching Star Wars with my dad. And it was like, oh, OK, yeah, this is Star Wars. Ooh, this is great. And everyone knew the reference. But we didn't have Star Wars coming out when we were kids. Star Wars was dead when we were kids. Yeah. It was only a thing that your parents could like. But at some point they started coming out with all those movies. When like we the were. The whole world bought in. But that was like 2001. 19, it was like maybe 99 when Fan, when Phantom Menace came out, 99. Like we were, you know, 16, 17. Like we at that point, if you hadn't been brought into it, you weren't going to be into it at that point. So when did you um, when did you actually get married then? I hope my wife doesn't watch this. <laughs> it's 2021. Like 2012. Like 2012. 2012? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to blame it on a beer and a half. Yeah, I think we've been married. It'll be nine years this year. It was an easy decision. Decided, you know. Yeah, I mean, we'd been together. We ran with the same circle of friends. So we were, you know, we were tight and close and got an apartment. Just felt natural. Yeah. When? Yeah, like some people get married and they're miserable. They feel obligated or whatever. It's been fine. It's been easy. Yeah. We've been friends. We're very good about... I've always been like a person who needs a lot of space personally to be kind of allowed to do my own things. And yeah. She's really good about that. So... What do you do when in your space? Um, Just sometimes I just like me time, alone time. Yeah. I like to go out and play golf or play cards or... Even if it's just doing a project in the basement, it's kind of yeah. nice to be able to like be an individual, just be alone. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, uh, so then when did you guys start having kids? Six years ago. My son is six. So 2015. Uh, what was the transition like for you going from? Uh, I guess it was, it was hard in that having to take care of a small human. Not that I felt like my life was over or I can't mm-hmm. do this or I can't do that. Yeah. Cause I still find a way to do things 
Like I refuse to give in to the concept that like if you're married with kids that you're not allowed to do anything or you're all of your free time is shut down or you're not allowed to. So I make time, I make sure that I can get out and do things, but just taking care of a small person person is, <laughs> is really tough at first. And then it's it more interesting as you watch them grow, develop and grow. Is it six and four? Six and four. Yeah. My daughter's four. So you got split mm-hmm. too. 20 months apart. Wow. They're like best friends. It's the coolest thing ever. Difference between being a, a, a boy dad and a girl dad? Not so much. I don't think. My daughter's pretty tough. But again, my kids are close enough that they like have like a really strong bond. Yeah. Like if you had your kids five or six years apart, imagine having a 12-year-old and a six-year-old. Well, that was your that was your life because you yeah, had a brother. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, yeah. So we were sort of close, but not as close as like my son and daughter are. Like they're going to be best friends. Yeah, through life, growing up together with my wife almost convinced me to have a third kid. But it's done now. Well, it's not done. It should have been done. <laughs> Will be. I should yeah. be sitting here with a bag of peas in my pants, but the doctor canceled on me, so I got to wait a few weeks. So, so there's you, still a chance. So she's got a she's I'm got just a gonna few, be absent for a few weeks. Few weeks to squeeze it out of you. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Third kid would be I'm sure I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> Where are you living now? Norristown. And you're still in Norristown then? Yeah, we're probably looking to move in the next year. So what's uh what's life like for you for you now out here? I mean, you're so you're still working in the union? Still working in the union. Carpenter? At the power plant. Carpenter. Do a lot of uh, scaffolding work, which doesn't sound like carpentry typically, but it's interesting. I work at a nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting place to, place to work. It's very strict oh. because nuclear energy right. is inherently dangerous in itself, but it's really not once you work there. You realize okay. how many redundant systems and how much they have that allows it not to go bad right make sure nothing gets fucked up yeah but it's still a weird place to work they kind of treat you like toddlers there as far as the rules yeah what's an example of that it's hard to say like everything's like safety is a big thing Mm. not getting hurt um yeah they tell you how to walk in the snow oh wow they make you wear these like spike things on your boots so you don't slip and fall in the snow yeah because at the end of the day, it's all it all comes down to money at the end and injuries and all that. That's always an angle in the construction industry. But was that on purpose? What? To get in the nuclear plant or did you have no control over that? No, I got in there initially because every year they do a shutdown. So there's Limerick Generating Station has two units, unit one, unit two. Every two years they have to refuel. They have to put new uranium in. Mm. And during that period of time, they have a three-week shutdown where you are 12, 12 hours a day for 21 days straight, typically, give or take. Wow. So you make a lot of money. Yeah. Depending on how you do your taxes, you can make 4000 a week, $4,500 a week, wow. which is awesome. But at the end of three you weeks. put in 84 hours a week. But at the end of three weeks. At the end of three weeks. You're fucking dead. You're tired. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> we did 35 days once. But that's the job, right? You grind, you grind, you grind, yeah, and, and then you might be laid off for a You might get laid weeks. off or you might go back to 40 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. But you make... A lot Make of it when you got it, yeah. So I initially got into it for that, and then I realized that it was a good place to work. I like the guys. I sort of like just stuck with it. That's cool. Got to know some people. Yeah. So 
it's a good job. Um, At the end of the day, it's still construction though. And you're still on your knees. You're still doing some heavy lifting. It's hard on your body. So that's where you start looking at the, at the, the cards. Yes. So <laughs> the cards, the cards and look, the stocks. Yeah. Well, stocks. I don't think I can apply myself enough to become an educated yeah, trader. You tough. can invest in stocks. Mm -hmm. You can say, I want to buy Amazon and hold it for 10 years. Sure. But you can't pay, you can't pay mortgages with. Correct. <laughs> Poker. I've had success over the years, success and failure. Back when you used to be able to play online mm -hmm. before they shut it down, I made like $20,000 in like wow. six, six months just playing part time. Wow. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then they shut it all down. Huh. The government didn't allow wire. All the online poker sites are based overseas. Hmm. So you're no, no longer allowed to transfer money. Because the government wasn't getting a cut. Right. So now they've legalized it in a bunch of states. But Pennsylvania is only allowed to play with Pennsylvania. Delaware and Jersey mix player pools. There's uh, Nevada. There's Washington uh, State now. There's Michigan. We're all waiting for these player pools to be matched up blended together yeah so now that if you have two thousand players in pennsylvania now you have ten thousand players twenty thousand players yeah would you go back to playing in person yeah i there was a couple summers ago that i was going three nights a week to play at sugar house or parks mm -hmm. and i was making really good money also working a full-time job yeah so you're back up at 5 a.m after grinding after at the getting casino. home at four o'clock yeah it was bad <laughs> but I made a lot of money. Yeah. And then COVID came and shut all that down. Uh -huh. And I had to spend my money other places. So I'm trying to start all over again. Yeah. So once once things start to open up again, you'll be back. I would like to play more. Hit back to them again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I want to do. The thing about being in the union is you can put 30 years in and get a good pension and good retirement and healthcare and all that, which is great. But. Some guys like retire at 55 and they don't see 60. Like you work your whole life and you fucking collect your pension for five years and you're dead because. Burned out your body. You know, burn out your body or you breathe in drywall for 30 years. Oh, wow. Fuck. Yeah. It's kind of tragic. Holy shit. To, you know, they, they build this up like, yeah, you're going to be in union. You're going to do this work. You're going to retire really great. Some guys make it for the long haul. Yeah. Some guys don't. It's funny when I... Um, I mean, I'd rather like move to Vegas and become a poker dealer and play <laughs> poker. I got a friend that did that. And live like a, a sort of menial life, but be happy that I'm in that element with yeah. something that I love. That The worst problem I'm going to have is I got a sore back from sitting in the chair all day. Yeah. Oh, you look the same. You do. You got the... I mean... Maybe it's, maybe it's because I've seen pictures of you like on Facebook. I feel like you had a goatee in high school. Did you shave it? No, I had sideburns in high school. Oh, okay. I had to go teeth away. Okay. I know I had crazy sideburns in high school. I feel like pressure to write something. Hey, you can sign your name. Whatever. It's like imagine you're you're 18. Hey, Matt, we signed my yearbook. Good luck, Brad. <laughs> Good luck in whatever you decide to do. Boom. You did it. Do you talk to anyone from high school still? Now, I mean, you know, you mentioned a couple of people you see on Facebook, but do you connect with anyone or yeah. talk to anyone? What about your older, the older friends, like Aziz's brother? A little and, bit. Yeah. But even not as much. It's not a regular. Nah, we all grew apart. Or your, most of your regular, your regular everyday friends, like from work? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's how it goes. It's life. Yeah. This is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy it. It's it. Well, I'm enjoying it now. <laughs> we did it.
We did it. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's it, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. All right. That was my interview with Matt Lamastro. I thought it was really interesting hearing the different path that Matt had compared to the path that Derek Cataldi took when I talked to him back on the very first extra credit episode of We Weren't Friends in High School. Matt didn't plan on going into construction. Matt wasn't following a path. Matt just realized what he was doing wasn't cutting it and he needed to make a big move. But you see that Matt also has other passions and at some point is looking for an exit plan. Even though Matt didn't really hang out with people from our class, I think his story was still really interesting and relevant. I know there are probably people that are listening to this podcast from Wizahicken or not that maybe didn't have a lot of friends specifically from their grade. But I think it's cool that we can look back and talk about it and maybe dissect it a little bit. And I know listening to Tupac's Hit Em Up is never going to be the same again for me. So thanks, Matt, for that. Don't forget YouTube.com slash RedshirtPlayer. You can catch this interview and all the other interviews including the last extra credit episode with Chris Stout that dropped on the first day of spring. And in two weeks, I will have another guest, but you know I'm superstitious. I don't like to announce it until the interview has been done. I have a few interviews set up over the next couple of weeks, and they should be pretty exciting. But again, I just don't want to jinx it. So come back in two weeks on a Monday morning, and let's see what shook out of the tree of the class of 2001. I'll talk to everyone then. Later.